0: Welcome to Tangled Web, a conversation about where we are now and where we're going with the web. I'm Mark Jeffrey, and this is episode 21. Why does nothing work on the web? Why does nothing work on the web? Well, you've heard of a single point of failure, right? It's when just one thing going wrong can cause everything to fail. That is not the problem with the web. It's way worse than that. On the web, there are single points of failure every step of the way. The web is so complex, and so many different things have to work together, that a small chance of any one of them failing adds up to a strong chance that things won't work. How did this happen? By the way, this whole episode is just an excuse for my last episode of Tangled Webs being late. Here's what happened. The short story is that Google locked me out of my Tangled Web YouTube account. The long story? Well... I kinda knew this would happen sooner or later. That's why, despite Google's endless nagging, I've never turned on two-factor authentication for my YouTube account. I'm convinced that the chances of anyone's hacking into my account are minuscule compared to the chances of Google's locking me out of my account. With complete contempt for my expressed personal preferences, Google recently began to require me to receive a text message on my phone every time I logged into my account, regardless of my refusal to turn on two-factor authentication. I do wonder what that two-factor authentication switch actually does given that Google requires two-factor authentication even when it's switched off. The risk posed by Google's two-factor authoritarianism was compounded by my phone company's demonstrable incompetence. They once lost my phone number. I had to start over with a different phone number which of course meant that I had to update my phone number on dozens of accounts on the web. Fortunately, none of these accounts required two-factor authentication. If I'd been required to receive a text message at my old phone number to log into an account to update it with my new phone number, I'd have been forever locked out of these accounts when my phone company lost my old phone number. And that's just my phone company's incompetence. What about my own incompetence? I've never lost my phone, but it's certainly a possibility. If I did, would my phone company allow me to set up a new SIM card with the same number? Would they require me to log into my account on the web to do so? Does that account require two-factor authentication? Would I be required to receive a text message at my phone number? How could I if I'd lost my phone? For the last couple of weeks of June, I was in Whitehorse. And another of my phone company's demonstrable incompetencies is extending cell service there. Admittedly, Whitehorse is a small city in the Yukon in the north of Canada. But it's not that remote. It's the capital of the Yukon. Tens of thousands of people live in the city. Still, for the duration of my visit to Whitehorse, in place of the signal strength bars, my phone obstinately displayed the words, no service. You can probably guess what happened next. Of course, when I opened my computer from an IP address in the Yukon, Google immediately logged me out of all of my accounts. Of course, when I tried to log back in again, Google refused to accept my rather strong password as proof that I am who I say I am and insisted on sending me a text message to verify. Of course, my phone continued to display the words, no service. A map helpfully provided by my phone company on the web confirmed that they wouldn't be offering service anywhere within 500 miles. So despite my having an episode recorded, edited and ready to upload, despite Whitehorse's fine internet infrastructure, I couldn't release an episode of Tangled Web on YouTube for as long as I was in the Yukon. This is not a one-off. If you use the web, and I assume if you're listening to this that you do use the web, you'll have noticed this kind of thing happening ever more often. Sometimes it seems that nothing works on the web. Whether it's checking your bank balance, filing your taxes, applying for insurance, cancelling a subscription, or uploading an episode of Tangled Web, there's too often some obstacle or other that's insurmountable without three hours on the phone with technical support. Every single thing on the web? seems to work with some consistency, but most sequences of things seem to fail with infuriating consistency. Here's what I think is happening. As the web has become more complex, it has become more fragmented. Nothing you do on the web involves a single service. Everything you do involves many, many services stitched together. Even within a single organisation such as Google, even within a single product such as YouTube, innumerable fragments of software must work together for anything to work at all. Each of these fragments of software is thoroughly tested, on its own. All of these fragments of software together? Well, tested for sure, but not so thoroughly. Each of these fragments of software can, on its own, fail in dozens of different ways all of these fragments of software together? Well, if there were only two fragments of software, there'd be dozens of dozens of different ways they could fail. Even if there were only three fragments of software, there'd be dozens of dozens of dozens of different ways. Innumerable fragments of software can fail in an uncountably large number of ways. And that's before you even consider other products from other organisations. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story, bear with me here. The last cassette tape I ever bought was the album Discography by the Pet Shop Boys. And no, I'm not ashamed to admit it. The cassette didn't work. It was a long album and there was a lot of tape in the cassette and a lot of friction to overcome to wind the tape past the playhead. The motors in my cassette player lacked the power to wind the tape at the requisite speed, so the pitch fluctuated between a little too low and a lot too low. This made the album sound less like music, more like an extended moan. The cassette was cheaply made of poorly moulded plastic. I knew I could make it work by buying a better-made blank cassette, breaking open the pre-recorded cassette with a hammer, I'm not kidding here, unscrewing the blank cassette and relocating the tape from the pre-recorded cassette to the blank cassette. The cassette player was cheaply made with underpowered motors. I I knew that I could make it work again by buying more powerful motors, taking the cassette player apart and switching out the motors. What I couldn't do was take the cassette back to the music store or take the cassette player back to the electronics store and complain that it didn't work. After all, the music publishers could reasonably have claimed that there was nothing wrong with the cassette. It would have worked just fine in a better-made cassette player. Underpowered motors? That's someone else's problem. And the electronics manufacturers could reasonably have claimed that there was nothing wrong with the cassette player. It worked just fine with better-made cassettes. Too much tape? That's someone else's problem. The someone else's problem problem invariably arises when different products from different organisations have to work together. Google can reasonably claim that there's nothing wrong with their account authentication. It works fine just as long as you always have access to a cell phone. No cell service? Well, that's someone else's problem. My phone company can reasonably claim that there's nothing wrong with their cell service. It works just fine as long as you don't venture too far from the densely populated regions of Canada. You get locked out of your accounts if you can't receive text messages? That's someone else's problem. Consider all the fragments of software in all the different products from all the different organisations that have to work together for anything to work at all. And it's no wonder that nothing works on the web. But really, my phone company is merely incompetent. Google, on the other hand, is positively discriminatory. Their two-factor authoritarianism locks many of us out of some of the most essential services on the web. Google doesn't care. They much like Hugh Connors, or indeed anyone who lives in a remote location, or indeed anyone who doesn't have access to cell service at all times, or indeed anyone who doesn't have a cell phone. At least that's the way it looks from Whitehorse. Thanks for listening to Tangled Web. Join me for fresh insights into the future of the web every other week Subscribe to the free newsletter, podcast, or YouTube channel at tangledweb.media. Remember, the web has only just begun.